helping people cope with and overcome life's challenges. This is Life Transformations with Michael Hart, Canadian Certified Counselor and Award-Winning Psychotherapist. Are you going through a difficult time? Maybe you just got some bad news, or the plans you made are just not working out, or the circumstances you find yourself in you just find overwhelming. Do you feel like you'll forever be in the prison of despair? If that's you or someone you know, I really want to encourage you to listen closely to today's show, to today's show which is part one of turning your adversity into opportunity. This will be a two-part series we're going to cover over the next couple of weeks. And as I said, I really encourage you to listen close because there's going to be some real gems within today's discussion that can hopefully help you find that opportunity in the adverse circumstances you may find yourself in. My name is Melissa Waggett, and I am the co-host of the Life Transformation Radio Show. If you're joining us for or the very first time, let me welcome you. We're so happy that you've decided to join us this morning. If you want to find more about this radio show, this ministry, or our counseling services, we encourage you to go to our website at elamcounselingministry.com. Elam is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com, or you can always call us toll-free at 1-877-544-3546, and we'd be happy to give you a copy of today's show. And with me in studio, a man who is no stranger to our our frequent listeners who have joined us week after week all these years is Michael Hart. For those of you who don't know him, he is the director of Elam Counseling Services. He's also a certified psychotherapist in the province of Ontario, award-winning, may I add. He hates when I do that, but I love making him turn red here in studio. But more importantly, he's a awesome individual who loves God, um, is a talented psychotherapist and loves spending time going through topics that we experience every single day with both the religious biblical focus, but also through the lens of someone with a psychotherapy background. And I love the marriage of those two. And I love spending time with Michael each and every week. And I know you will too. So Michael, welcome. Yes. I'm excited for today's show with you. Yes. And as you went through that introduction, I just think of one of the advantages that I have. You're not able to see my red cheeks because of my complexion. Right? No, I know. I wish. I know we should start. Um, I shouldn't say this on, on air because it may come to haunt us. We should start filming these sessions yes, and you can yes, see yes. how much he, he wiggles in his seat when I does that. Because you are very humble and um, you don't take yourself too seriously. So I like poking at you when I can. So my apologies. It's I'll blame it on you for, for putting me in an introductory position. I, I feel like I have the power that I can utilize at the beginning and I like to do that. So apologies, Michael. Well, I think after this show, I might have to do counseling to get over my pride with all of those fantastic <laughs> we'll, we'll do a build show. up. To- <laughs> we'll do a show on that next week. But as I said off the top, today's show is not about Michael's pride because there is none. Haha. Um, it's about. Yeah, I'm more humble than everybody else, Melissa. <laughs> exactly. I'm the most humble of them all. Exactly. It's about turning your adversity into opportunity. And for people who may be joining us for the first time, one of the things we love to do on this show is take Bible stories that we are so familiar with. We've probably grown up with them in Sunday school and look at them with a psychological paradigm and see what um, psychological truths we can pull from this. And you've been able to identify a story in the Bible of someone who found opportunity in his adversity. Yes, and it's it's Joseph. We're going to be using the biblical character of Joseph today. And it's in Genesis 39. This is a fantastic story. passage. If there is any passage in the Bible that could be turned into a movie that would be a bestseller, I think uh, Genesis 39 could be one of those uh, passages that could be turned into into a, a 
best-selling movie because we have all the elements. We have betrayal. We have Joseph being betrayed by his master's wife. We have his master's wife uh, betraying her her husband by coming on to Joseph and trying to get Joseph to sleep with her. And so we have this uh, determination in Joseph that he would not betray his master. And as a result, the betrayal of the wife who who lied against Joseph and said that Joseph had tried to rape her. So this is a very thrilling uh thrilling uh, story that's developing. And as a result of this, she she got Joseph thrown into prison. And uh, I'll just read from verse 20 of Genesis 39 when it says, But while Joseph was in prison, the Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. So the warden put Joseph in charge of all those who were held in prison, and he was made responsible for all that was done there. The warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care, because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. I guess that we we notice a repetition in this passage of scripture uh, because we are told that twice that the Lord was with him. And I think this is emphasizing to us that when you're going through adversity, when you're going through hard times, even in the midst of those hard times, it doesn't mean that the Lord isn't with you. So it started This passage emphasizes that despite the fact that Joseph was was uh, set up and that he he had this terrible injustice done to him and he's in this terrible place in prison. I don't think those prisons in those days were like the prisons today where you had your you you have internet and color television and it's like a vacation in some places. These were harsh places where the people had to work very hard. But even while Joseph was there uh, working very hard, uh, he was resilient in 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 how he in 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 face of the adversity that he suffered and it was a result of this that he had a tremendous breakthrough so that's what we'll be talking about today how to turn your adversity into opportunity because joseph as a result of this adversity had several good things that resulted from this and it all stemmed from the time that he spent in prison. So I guess what I'm saying to you today is that if you're going through a hard time, if you're suffering from something that is really very hard, maybe like Joseph, you had some injustice done to you, maybe you were betrayed by a spouse, uh, maybe it's some other trial that has come your way, whatever it is, you can turn that adversity into opportunity. And today we are going to be going through some of the ways in which that can be done. The German f- philosopher uh, uh, some some time ago said that what what does not destroy me make me strong. I think it was Frederick Nietzsche uh, that said this. And 
Now studies are coming out from universities like the University at Buffalo the, in the state of New York that is saying that adversity in themselves do not determine our outcome. It's how we respond to them. As a matter of fact, uh, one of the studies done by Dr. Mark Mark Sears said that people who have had two to four adverse events in their life is actually better off than people who had who have had no adversity at all. And I'm wondering if you can describe a little bit more about something you mentioned in terms of Joseph's character. You described him, and I think it lends to some of those studies that you've just described there. You described him as having resiliency. And I think this is a word we he- we're beginning to hear more and more. And I'm wondering if you can spend some time Describing what you mean by resiliency, what is it? What? How did Joseph show himself to be resilient in the circumstances he found himself in? Uh, so, in in this situation, we notice that Joseph did not let this situation destroy him. And I think a good definition of resiliency is the ability to cope with life's challenges and to adapt. To the, to the adversity while you're going through it. And as a result of that, it creates a better, a better outcome. So we notice that even while in prison, Joseph was dealing with this situation in a certain way. His attitude in the midst of the situation was of such that he, he did not let it, the adversity didn't destroy him, but it made him stronger. So I'm wondering though, for people who are listening out there, maybe they're feeling like, well, there must have been just something special about Joseph. He was born resilient. Is that the case that people have this innate resiliency within them and you're kind of, you have the the degree of resiliency you'll have throughout your life? Or is it something that we can develop and build over time? Yes, it was believed for a long time that people who are resilient, they're just more positive and it's because they're more positive that it you know, compared to people who are more negative, they are more resilient. But what it is, what the new studies are showing that that's not the whole story, and that anyone can develop, can become resilient by taking into consideration or by putting in place certain of the, the the things that we are going to be talking about in this show. So even if you are not one of these positive, upbeat persons that see uh, the silver lining in every cloud, if you're more like the, like, you know, most of us who sort of cloud behind the silver lining instead of the silver lining behind the cloud, <laughs> then it is good to know that you too can become resilient by putting in place uh, some of what we're going to be talking about in this show today. And so what are those strategies or things people can do to build resiliency? Because I personally, I'm very encouraged that I didn't need to be born with this. But what kind of mental muscles do I need to begin to to develop so that when adversity does strike, because that's a guarantee for us all, that I can bounce back from that as easily as possible. Well, there are some of the well-known ones that I'm not going to spend a lot of time going into, but just common sense things like uh, getting enough rest and getting eating the right kind of food, making sure that your body is is been is been treated well is a way of helping to prepare you to deal with this with the stress that comes from being faced with adverse situation but some of the psychological tools that have been developed or has been uh 
written about in the in the in the latest research talks about mental imaging for example as a way of overcoming adverse situation our minds when we are under stress tend to focus on just the negative that 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 is the automatic way that most of us uh, operate if we're in a stressful situation we spend all day thinking about this stressful situation how terrible it might be if if the situation is not rectified but mental imaging can help us to impose on our mind a different set of different sets sets of images and so instead of this bleak outcome the worst case scenario for joseph for example he is in prison but in his mind he could be free because in his mind he could be imaging or thinking about what life could be for him after god has taken him out of this hardship and as a result of that imaging that he might focus on day in, day out. It creates a different attitude in the midst of the suffering. So you become what you focus on. The Bible tells us that as a man think in his heart, so is he. And so if Joseph is in prison, He's not dwelling on the negative thoughts. How could this have happened to me? Uh, I did my best. I worked so hard. And look at where this got me. If he changes that images to thinking of, okay, when this is over, this is how I see my life working out. And he could even draw a picture of what that might look like. He could close his eyes and visualize things that he could be doing when he's outside of that prison. And it is that imaging that has a tremendous capacity to change how we feel and to release the right kind of hormones within our bodies that cause us to become more more positive and more healthy. I'm wondering if you can spend some time describing a little bit in that mental um, imaging process, the delicate balance between doing that right. and going into a place of denial. Yes. And not acknowledging the crummy situation in which you may be. Yes. Because I don't think that's what you're describing here, but I'm wondering if you can explore that a little bit Absolutely. more so it's clear. And that's actually one of the other, and I thank you for raising that, Melissa, because that could sound like you're in this la-la land where you're saying, yeah, this oh, prison is I awesome. am not here, it's awesome, you know. The I rats this- at my feet are my dream come true. <laughs> yes, yes. But that's not that's not what we are talking about at all, because uh, one of the strategies, uh, believe it or not, for overcoming resilience is also confronting the the reality of your situation. So this is by no means saying that you're avoiding the situation or that you're tricking yourself into thinking that you're not in the situation. What you're doing is that, yes, I'm acknowledging that I am here, but I am envisioning a time when I am going to be outside of this. That is different than denial, which says, this is not bad at all. You know, I like being here, you know, and, and you talk about it in, in ways that deny how you really feel. So a healthy Joseph in that situation would have time when there would be tears, would have time when he would would would, would be, be down. But then he would have other times when he would get a hold of God and he would start thinking about uh, the great things that God has in store for him after this is over. If you've just joined us, you're listening to the Life Transformation Radio Show. If you missed the first half of today's show, we encourage you to listen to it on our website at elamcounselingministry.com. Today, we are doing part one of Turning Your Adversity into Opportunity. 
if you don't want to get the the show from the website, you can also give us a call at one 544 3546 and we'd be happy to forward on a copy of today's show to you. So we're just going through at the moment, Michael, the steps that we can employ in our lives to help build resiliency. And I really like what you just talked about there, but it's not about denying because as we've talked in so many shows before, when we deny our emotions, they yes. come up later on, whether Absolutely. we like they it or not. They other things, yes. So it's an important to be able to, to do that step wisely. Are there other things we can do when we're in those states of adversity to build our resiliency? Another powerful tool is positive affirmation. When we have had wrong done to us, in Joseph's case, when he his... Uh, betrayed by his master's wife that he has worked so hard for, it's the, the temptation could be there to think of, to dwell on the negative. And so he could start seeing himself as being a failure. I am a failure. Look how hard I worked and look where this got me. Or, you know, God doesn't love me. You know, there must be something wrong with me. Why is this that bad things keep happening to me? I was sold by my brothers and now it is that it's happening to me again. I can't believe that I'm in this terrible situation again after all that I have been through. Oh, poor me. Like he could have dwelt on that. But positive affirmation uh, takes a step into the the positive realm, as the name suggests, where you, you begin to say to yourself affirmations like, uh, I'm a child of God. I know that God has a plan for me. Despite the fact, even if you don't feel it, you can still affirm Firm that truth. And another thing you could say, this is an injustice, but my God is a God of justice, and he's going to bring justice out of that this situation some way or another. And these are the kinds of positive affirmation that can, can, can uh, help to speak to spiral you upwards out of depression as as opposed to if you dwell on all those negatives, I can't believe I'm in this situation again. Why does bad things keep happening to me which spiral you downward into depression? So positive affirmation in the midst of your adversity is a very powerful tool to help to help you to become resilient and to overcome the negative impact of what you're going through. Is there anything else we can do? What about, I'm thinking things like group therapy or getting together with people. Does that have any positive Absolutely. effects? The, the power of community. It is so important not to isolate yourself when you're going through, through adversity. A lot of us are tempted to withdraw, to, you know, to not to want to be around others. And it's very important to fight that urge because, as you said, Melissa, things like self-help group can be a powerful way of drawing upon the support and the strength of others. Having a good church community or being a part of a good, uh, a, a, a good uh, cell group can be an uh, can be an important way of overcoming adversity and rising above the, the, the challenges that you have in your life. And a, 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 another thing I'd like to focus on too is prayer. Prayer is also very, very important in helping a person to to overcome adversity. And so how does prayer do that? What aspects of prayer allow us to overcome adversity? Well, one obvious form, as we believe that God answers prayer, but 
let's let's uh that's that's a given like we all believe that god and at least i do and i think you do and most Absolutely. of our listeners <laughs> do believe that god answers prayer but outside of that the study the, the studies are showing that there are psychological benefits to praying. And one of the psychological benefits of prayer is a study that is published by Baylor University. And one of the, the uh, positive psychological benefits of prayer is that prayer helps you to develop a, a, a broader perspective of their of your situation so joseph for example if he's in prison and he's not praying and he's going to be just focused on what's going on around him the fact that he is is incarcerated the fact that he doesn't have his freedom but through prayer and being in in contact with a loving compassionate god joseph can take a hold of things like the ultimate plan of god for his life the fact that this is not the end this is not it what your adversity doesn't doesn't determine your outcome and so prayer has the ability to 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 broaden our perspective but prayer is also a way of helping us to express our emotions many of the psalms are are, are filled with emotions people crying out to God. In Psalm 55, for example, after David was betrayed, uh, David spoke of the fact that his heart is overwhelmed. He spoke of feeling as if he wanted to fly away. I wish I had wings like a dove, that I would fly away from all of this terrible things that I'm going through and be at rest. So this is a very good illustration of your, your, your question that you ask. If this is about just denying or behaving as if things are better than it seemed. No. Uh, David, in in his, his adversity, even though he was able to do all of those other things that we talked about, such as having a positive outlook, he still found time in his prayer to God, in his written prayer to God through the psalm, to cry out about being overwhelmed and feeling as if he wanted to run away from everything. And I think there are some of you listening to my voice today who you might be praying pretty prayers to God. God doesn't want pretty prayers from us. He doesn't want our eloquence. What he wants is our heart. He wants to know how we, he wants us to tell him how we feel. And if we are frustrated with him, in Psalm 77, for example, the psalmist cries out to God and says, God, have you forgotten to be merciful? Have you forgotten to be kind? Have you in anger shut up your compassion? And these are the kind of prayers we need to be real with God in our prayers because by so doing, what, what psychologists are telling now is that we are unloading emotions and it is cleansing our emotions. And when you go through that, it's as if you come to a point where you start feeling relief. Mm-hmm. I have gone through sessions with clients where I say, just begin to tell God how you feel. Just begin to tell him. If you're mad, just tell him how you feel. If you're hopeless, just tell him how you feel. And the surprising thing is that at the end of this prayer session, they'll say to me, I feel so much better. 
I feel closer to God now. I, I feel as if God really heard me. Whereas before, they weren't able to get that because the emotions that they're that stored in their heart was blocking them from getting to that point. It's funny. I feel like sometimes in our prayer life, we feel like we're going to surprise God or offend God yes. with something we're going to say. But the reality is, as we know, He already knows what's in our heart. Yes, he yes. just wants us to say it. He wants us to be honest. And the honest. comforting part is, in spite of knowing what's in our heart, the good, the bad, and the ugly, he still loves us. Yes. There's nothing we can do to get more love from him or to take the love away. Yes. And so if you're feeling struck by the fact that if I said what's in my heart, God would hate me or God would be offended, yes. he won't be. Yes. He knows what's there. He just wants you to open up to it. Absolutely. And I, I think, as I said before, he wants you to be honest. As you said, open up. He wants to. He wants you to have a relationship with him. And so if you're in a relationship with someone and it's, and it's a healthy relationship, you should feel secure to tell them your true feelings. And it's surprising that so many Christians feel as if it is somehow wrong if they talk about how they really feel with God if they talk about their anger. But another thing that the studies are showing as a positive benefit of prayer is that prayer also helps to cultivate optimism. When you're in uh, situations that in in your own strength, it's it's hopeless. And you're able to turn to a higher power. Your higher power, in our case, it's God. And you're able to turn to God and you're able to say, uh, God, I am I, I, the situation I'm in is no match for me. But you are the God who created the, the universe. You can handle this. This is optimism. And this is the situation of the Exodus when Moses came to the Red Sea and he could do no more. If he was just drawing on his, his abilities, his, the, the, the power within, as Anthony Robbins say, <laughs> the power within, if that's all Moses was dealing with the, is, is the power within, he would be stuck at that Red Sea and there would be no freedom. But Moses was able to turn to the God of creation. He was able to turn to the God Almighty. And it was that sense of calling out to God that created the breakthrough. And I'm saying that you might be at your Red Sea today. You might be at this place where you're stuck Whereas if you look and there is water on one side and there is a mountain on the other side and you have nowhere to go, I'm saying that through prayer you can begin to have hope because we serve a mighty God. And like we heard in that story of Joseph, that God was with him. Yes. And God was with him. God and he's was with, with him. He's with our listeners yes. today. He's with you and I. And even when things are at its bleakest, he's with us. Even he's when you're us. in that prison, he is, he is with you. And uh, we are out of time for today. But as we said, this is a two-part show. Stay tuned next week when we are going to be giving some more tips on how to, how to overcome resilience and what are some of the techniques that you can use to stop worry and to begin to, to think in more positive terms. You're going to give very specific techniques next week. And we are on the air again next Monday morning at 9.30. So uh, please join us as we look forward to doing 
doing, which we think it's a very important show because many of our listeners are going through adversity and we all go through ad- adversity at some time or the other. I'd also like to remind you of a support group that is coming up. Like we have a what we call a bondage breaker support group that we are starting in July. And this is free of cost. And this is for anyone who would like to be a part of that. Just give us a call. So our numbers again are one 877 3546 3546 And our website is elimcounselingministry.com. Elim is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, So until next time, this is your host, Michael Hart of Elim Counseling Services. And Melissa Waggett. Praying together that God would bless you in all your relationships and keep you sound in mind and pure in heart.